0: This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post purchase connection. Welcome to The Exchange, where we talk post purchase, customer experience, brand building, and so much more. But the main purpose of this show is to communicate the value of customer retention and the shift that we're seeing happening in e commerce. And today, we're talking about the importance of customer retention specifically and why that shift from heavy acquisition tactics is happening faster than ever, as well as how you can use your own data to be more effective as the market phases out third-party cookies. Now, I like to consider myself very vocal about retention, but our guest today makes me look like I'm just whispering about the topic. Today, we have Juliana Jackson, aka the CLV lady joining us from OmniConvert. Welcome to the show, Juliana.
1: Thank you, Alex. Really, really pumped to be here.
0: All right. Well, to get us started, I think we need to start super high level. So if we're talking about customer retention, why do you think so few e-commerce brands today are putting enough focus on customer retention?
1: Oh, (laughs) so I mean, listen, we are experiencing a very flawed ecosystem of growth in e-commerce, right? So... I speak a lot about this and I feel as if all direct-to-consumer brands are trying to recreate the Amazon model in their own own shop, right? So what I think it is, is that we have been, you know, forced into this conversion, traffic, uh, sales type of uh, culture. So, you know, bl- uh, brands tend to turn a very, you know, blind eye to what really happens. So this happens mostly because focusing on the wrong wrong things, right? So instead, you know, what I see from the people that I work with or from, you know, uh, my partners that work with different e-commerce brands is that the main focus of a brand is revenue. So revenue is great, but revenue is one of the most deceiving metrics that someone can track because it doesn't tell you the story right revenue it's a vanity metric in my opinion so just to answer your question i think we are drunk based on revenue and we are turning a blind eye to actual profitability right because let's be honest how many brands are really profitable
2: today saying that revenue is a vanity metric that is that is salacious tell tell us more about that so like what li- so what isn't a vanity metric then cuz you guys i think you're totally right i mean revenue is the end all be all um especially like investors looking at something like that but like how do you if revenue is a vanity metric what isn't a vanity metric like what should brands be looking at
1: so I think revenue is a vanity metric and you're so on point saying that this is also something that investors look at. So the VC culture also is focused on potential growth instead of actual growth, right? So revenue is great in terms of I don't know, financial I guess metrics, but revenue doesn't tell you any story. Revenue as P&Ls in general, don't tell you any story, no matter how good the P&L is. You want more than just quantitative data. You need context. So a great metric to look at, and obviously this is the metric that I signed my life to <laughs> two years ago, is customer lifetime value. And I'm not saying that customer lifetime value alone is everything. I'm saying that what Goes into considering customer lifetime value as a growth, you know, north star for your brand is everything that you should take into consideration into calculating the customer lifetime value, such as retention rate, such as customer satisfaction, such as uh, customer experience, and also the most important thing that you should look at as a brand to understand if you're winning or you're losing. Is the ratio between your acquisition cost, uh, between your uh, customer lifetime value and your acquisition cost. The ultimate question, to what extent is it worth for me investing in customers based on how much those customers will ever spend with me in a lifetime? So this is not a vanity metric because people are not focused on lifetime value or retention or satisfaction and so on because it takes a lot of work. And who wants to have, you know, to do work? And who wants to do efforts when you can just blast an ad on Facebook? Who cares who's coming? You know, we're making money.
0: I think that's really important. Like the the ease the ease at which someone can do something. So you're talking about like winning brands and losing brands and making sure that there is the correct balance of acquisition to retention or acquisition costs to lifetime value. And you, you said something at the very beginning of the episode that I thought was really interesting. You're talking about people are drunk on a way of doing something and that balance is completely out of whack in e-commerce right now. You see so much emphasis being put on that acquisition side. I think people are a little drunk on acquisition and how easy it is to do and how easy it is to see like attribution in a traditional sense, like someone clicked on my ad and made a purchase. Like are are you starting to see that shift at all? Like are people starting to move from that acquisition mind only to retention. And like, how do you, how do you go from being a brand that only looks at one side of that equation to being a brand that is putting it in the right balance?
1: Definitely. It's a switch. It's a minor one, but I trust it. So we have been preaching the retention game as a company since 2016. I have been preaching it since 2018. So the problem is as you you know as you said we are stuck into the mindset of acquisitions acquisitions are cool they're important they're essential but they cannot exist in, you know without considering retention at the same time so it's just very hard for myself as a you know as a software or for someone that is an agency or whatever to fight with mindsets. Right? The biggest, biggest problem that everyone has in this uh, business that selling software or services is the founder mindset. So there's no bigger status quo (laughs) that you can fight with than the founder's mindset. So that, that, that's a very big problem. And, Again, the movement is in the direction of retention. As you can see, Shopify just announced their future of e-commerce, you know, uh, report that retention is the way to go. It was funny because when I read that part about retention, that was like literally the description of, you know, what we do on Shopify. <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> but we have been seeing this happen. And the, you know was the crazy part? We have been so we start we started as a conversion rate optimization company. We have a tool that does conversion rate optimization, and we were working with a lot of partners. We don't offer the services ourselves. We work with a, you know a channel of partners, but all our partners in the conversion rate optimization, um, you know vertical, they wouldn't survive on a contract from you know for more than six to nine months, and that's why, it, 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 that's why you know that's how hap- that's happening because conversion rate optimization uh, sales ads whatever they don't move the needle long term those are good if you want to play the short term game if you have no interest in growing your your brand and you have no interest in being profitable yes you will only follow the you know the traffic the conversion and the average order value that's everything for you but the real you know serious e-commerce players are the ones that take time to look into the customer journey. And as my friend Jonathan says, you have to switch from, uh, you know, company journey to customer journey. Because your company journey, and John, if you're listening to this, John, you, you nailed it. People have their own agendas as a brand. We want to sell, we don't care. You know, like doesn't matter. Screw the customer. But the real e-commerce players are the ones that take time and effort to analyze the customer journey, to map it out. I've worked with brands or uh, brand owners that order from themselves to see what the hell is their marketing team sending in terms of, you know, marketing and to understand all the touch points, and I think all the brands should right now order one product from themselves and see what their you know what's the, the, the experience that they have. So yeah, I mean, the switches there, people are moving into that direction more and more, which is phenomenal. but we have to fight with a lot of old-school mentalities that still track growth in p and that still look as revenue and potential you know a growth as, you know, they confuse growth with growth generating factor. So I think it's going to be a minute until we can actually sit down and say, yes, we did it. This is it. But I think the market is definitely moving in the good direction at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree with it's going to take a minute. Like people have been talking about retention, like you said, since 2016. 2017 is, I think, when people were really starting to push the idea of customer retention, especially in e com. And you're right. It is a mindset battle that we're up against here. And I think like the number one thing I hear when I'm talking to people about customer retention versus customer acquisition is they just don't believe that acquisition is the problem that it is right now. And one of the most common things I hear is that like when I say, oh, acquisition costs are going to continue to rise, competition is getting more fierce. What I'm always met with from the hardcore skeptics, the people who won't change their mind is, there will always be a new, cheaper channel. It's like, oh yes, this channel is getting more expensive, but I'm just going to continue to jump channels and like this will never go away. What would you say to those people? The people who just say, "Yep, yeah, acquisition, like it's always going to be a thing. I will just find that next channel.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I have, I wish I wouldn't have this conversation as often as I do. So it's 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 simple, you know, like again, the biggest agent provocateur in e-commerce is data is the biggest, you know, status quo challenger, right? So of course, as a brand owner or a brand in general, you don't want to admit that you messed up. So when you are prompted with reality and you're looking at your retention rates, you don't want to believe that you made that mistake. And it's hard because I get it, you know, as a brand owner, that's your baby. Your only focus is to grow that baby and you don't know better than to go ahead and invest to bring more people. But the reality is that, and we have did this research on uh, a a sample size of 151 brands in the fashion industry. And what we have seen, even if they sell uh, products with a high frequency, you know, potential or high frequency, you know, ideally rate. After the first order a customer makes on their websites, there's only from 13 to 25% chance for that same customer to ever purchase again from that brand. And most brands have all their margins and revenue coming from new customers versus existing customers. And this right away, if you are prompted with that type of information, should scare the shit out of you. (laughs) Because... Right. your business is going down. Like you might, I, I had a, a, we had a, you know, we had a case study with the client in fashion. Again, it's a very, uh, it's a very, uh, you know, difficult industry to be in a very difficult vertical, but you, the, the revenue was like ballistic 95% growth. They were in, um, 90 countries, uh, they were in 11 countries, sorry, they had 90 employees. They were thinking they are winning the world. But behind the data was horrible. Their retention rate was low. Their satisfaction score was low. Their year-over-year growth was bad. So in four years, they had to close the business because they could not afford, you know, being in the market anymore. And let's be truthful. Like All the money that you invest in acquiring customers, you barely break even. You don't see that many brands that are actually profitable that make more money than they spend. And again, just want to stop one second to say this. Calculate your acquisition costs correctly. Your acquisition cost is not the money you spend on ads. Your acquisition cost is the money that you spend on ads the money that you spend on tools, the salaries of your marketing team, the, the you know, the payments that you do to different agencies. It's everything that you can call marketing. And if from that revenue, you take this out and you're profitable, great. You did a, a very good job. If not, which is the case of 80% or more of the industry, then you should start working with your existing customers. That's... That's the biggest message I want to send in the universe today calculate your
2: acquisition costs yeah well hopefully everyone hopefully everyone is listening and took took down those notes we'll, we'll make sure that we actually add that into the show notes so so no one no one has an excuse to miscalculate it uh, from this point forward um you know a lot of the stuff that you're talking about there with repeat purchases and focusing on retention and not being so hell-bent on just driving top line growth i feel like the story you were telling about the fashion brand like I, I I think between the three of us we could probably come up with like 50 stories just like that that of brands who were on a rocket ship ride, but then the financial model fell apart because everything was based on finding the next customer and the next customer as opposed to repeat customers and retention. So it feels like, like we agree on it. The three of us agree on it. I, I know there's a, a subset, albeit probably a small subset of e-commerce that agrees on it. But I would say the majority of folks have not really woken up to the reality that like the market has changed so dramatically that there is no longer this infinite source of demand there's too much supply there's too many other people vying for those same eyeballs so in your best estimation i mean you've lived in this space for a long time like w- what has to happen like w- w- what do you think has to happen for like the next wave of e-commerce brands who who pop up on shopify to not start their business with an acquisition acquisition only mindset but focusing on like Finding the right customers and retaining those customers, as opposed to just trying to find more and more and more. Like, what do you think needs to happen that's going to get like the mass market to wake up to this?
1: I mean, I don't want to sound dramatic, <laughs> but um, your question has a dramatic type of response that you know is prompting out of me. I think, and I'm sorry to say this, but I think a lot of brands are going to shut even more doors than they did in 2020 in the upcoming two years, we are not the same people that we were two years ago because everything changed. So shopping right now, shopping online, shopping in general has moved from something you go to to something you do. So shopping has become one of the most online, has become some of the you know things that we do naturally every day. I don't know about you guys, but I haven't been in a store in a minute yeah I'd rather buy everything online, so you as a brand what how do you deal with mindful because this is mindful shopping, mindful consumerism people are right now I think from a psychological perspective, people right now are in the brink of dealing with themselves, understanding themselves, exploring themselves. so if you're a brand and you think that discounts is making people click to what you have to say or your value proposition, you're dead wrong. People are emotional buyers. There's emotion behind. So I, what's going to happen in the market is the following thing. People, the consumers, are going to vote brands in and out with their wallets. And unfortunately, that's going to make a lot of brands close their virtual doors in the near future. I don't want this for no one. But there's, a lot of damage done to the industry from all these advertising agencies and from all these PPC and Facebook ads agencies that have been getting rich over the years based on, you know, the lack of education and knowledge. And, you know, the, they basically just got their pockets fat on the need of the, of the brand to become successful based on, you know, this sales type of mentality. Right. So you will see in the near future that a lot of brands are going to switch from, you know, their, uh, their storytelling of, Oh my God, ads heal everything, sales heal everything to retention. As I posted yesterday on LinkedIn, everyone last year was an acquisition expert. Everyone this year is a retention expert. It's like, just like that. Like just pound, you know, like now everyone is doing retention.
0: When you're talking about the reliance on discounting, the reliance on advertising, like now you're hitting on, on my passion area on like the death spiral of discounting and like how that plays into the life cycle of an e brand. So, I agree that the brands that are focused on that way of thinking, those are going to be the ones that are going to struggle and in a very dramatic sense die over the next couple of years. But there's one thing that I'm hearing a lot about and I know you are definitely more of an expert on this than I am and that is all the privacy issues that are happening right now and the death of the third party cookie and I look at this and I say, is this going to be the thing that happens in e-commerce that really forces people from thinking that way to starting to think about customer retention instead? So I know this has been going on for a couple of years, the, all the privacy issues, the third party cookies like starting to die slowly. Why is that getting so much airtime recently? And do you think it's going to change e-commerce?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then it's, it's going to be a double edged sword. I just published uh, an article today about this topic and I had amazing people in it, you being one of them, Alex, and uh, I'm very uh, excited about, you know, all the insights of everyone, more or less in different words, is saying the same stuff. It's over, right? It's over for these agencies in the first place. This, This is not going to affect the brand at a granular level, but it's going to affect the people, the agencies and the marketing automation softwares that were so reliant on the third party data. For me, I'm freaking happy. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) You know, like I'm happy because for, in my opinion, the best digital gold is first party data. And it's always going to be, but I agree that this is going to produce a very big, uh, you know, change in the market from 2022 we have there's like 11 months left for people to adapt to the new situations that they have so yes i think first party data will be the one data that's gonna be the biggest needle mover in e-commerce which you know in a good you know in simple terms You as a brand should take ownership of your data and make sure that you own the journey and absolutely everything that's happening with your customers because terrible times are coming for brands in the sense of the ones that will fail to focus on owning their own data. Take ownership of the customer journey. I see a lot of brands, again, trying to uh, rely themselves so much on Amazon when Amazon is the biggest You know, data stripper of all times, or like he, you know, it's it's just like people want to sell; they just get like a cheap sale, right? I'm just gonna get sales, but you cannot do anything. Amazon is never gonna give you that data. You, the only person that has a retention rate is Amazon. Amazon has been retaining e-commerce brands for years, such as Facebook and Google and all these giants. So yeah, they have the biggest retention rate because they retain brands and their money. They get rich and the brand barely breaks it even. But the second way I see e-commerce being influenced about this change is that I really think that everything that's happening right now with Google, Facebook, Apple, whatever, is because all of them are going to move into e-commerce. We will see a very different e-commerce in the next years because I think all of them will create their own Uh, marketplace for brands to sell in and it's going to reduce a lot what's happening necessarily on the website so i know of uh, a lot of uh, you know uh, software developers and you know a lot of uh, i have some information that there will be uh a new type of buying and it's going to be hundred percent reliant on social media so it's 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 going to change a lot the the you know everything that we know right now so that's why it's very important as a brand to focus on growing and developing your relationship with the existing customers and also with the ones that you acquire build them good from the start because you with, with retention, you just cannot put a band-aid, band-aid on, on, you know, on it and just think like, oh my God, it's like, it's exactly what I was saying, I don't know, a couple of days ago. It's like, you're going to the dentist and you brush your teeth for one hour to hide six months of neglect when the dentist <laughs> sees you, you know, like that's not going to happen in retention. You cannot hide the right. neglect. You cannot just put a band-aid on the bad relationship you have with that customer that haven't heard from you in three years. It's going to be like those people that messaged us during the pandemic, a customer from five years ago. is like, I hope you're well during this time. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, who, who are you? So now, I mean, it's going to be a massive change in
2: the market. Yes. It it certainly sounds like it, and one of the things I was thinking, Juliana. We, so we have we have a lot of uh, I would say the majority of our listeners are probably are on the retention side of the house, or they're on the the customer experience or the CS side. Um, can you give like a simple explanation of the difference between like a third party cookie and first party data? Just to just to sort of level set and set a foundation for the audience.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So third party data is. Uh, data uh, grabbed from different, uh, you know, different sources. So it's collected and compiled by different, uh, you know, organizations and uh, you know, uh, different companies. But they don't have a direct link to the subjects of the data. And this data, you know, compiled is sold to different companies. So this type of data is gathered primarily through the use of um, of cookies, right? And a lot of companies place this type of cookies on different uh, websites and different pages. And then they are used to track, you know, different user behavior and, you know, uh, consumer behavior. But the thing is that they are not individually tracked. It's just like a big load of data, right? So people are using this load of data with the hope that it's going to click in the, in the end, but you don't have any type of, um, how do I say this? It's not, Traceable. So imagine a big pile of data coming from all places, and they have like a few things that you know. This might be customers that might buy, that might be that might, <laughs> you know, that's that's third-party data, and uh, first-party data. Again, this is what I'm saying is the digital gold of the internet is the information that a company, an e-commerce brand, collects directly from the customers. Which you know is customers that are sharing this information with them that comes from um, a different uh, customer consumer brand interactions such as sales such as feedback survey uh, you know using an app subscription based emails and so on so this is information that a customer shares with the brand through the purchases that they do through different uh you know interactions with uh with the brand and obviously you can trace it because this is transactional behavior right so you can trace the name you know the the person the geolocation the frequency of purchases the monetary value of purchases and you know all the cool stuff so you can Create based on first party data different types of narratives moving forward if you want to become retention focused from third party data you can't do absolutely anything because it's a very uh might might would have could have should have and you don't have absolutely no trace to the source of the of the data I hope that was uh, i hope i I was clear
0: <laughs> you are you are that's super helpful again that great explanation there and I mean Third party data being just this big pool. I mean, like, it's also super easy to access. And that's why we're seeing so many people with like advertised, like different ways they're doing advertising, it's, like all relying on that third party or the third party cookie. So having, in, having access to that first party data, like that is the, obviously the goldmine for customer retention. It's what you know about your customers specifically. So do you have any tips or tricks for brands listening today on using that first party data to increase retention? Like, what would your number one tip be? Of how you use that data to increase retention.
1: If I was a brand right now, the most important thing that I would want to do, if I want to switch towards a retention-focused strategy, I would first try to determine my customers' value. So the biggest start, the biggest most important star of retention is customer lifetime value, right, guys?
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Right
1: cool. So in order,
2: (laughs) sorry, you've got us trained.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. It's the internet, but it's fine. It's cool. Uh, So in order to increase customer lifetime value, in order to be, you know, to have a retention rate that's decent, you have to look at what is actually the value of your customers, right? So the best way to determine customer value is to do RFM segmentation. RFM segmentation for whoever is listening and wants to understand it in a simple way or in a complicated way, they can read my article, I can send it to you so you can put it next to the post, but to give you a simple side of it, RFM segmentation is segmentation based on transactional behavior. RFM stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. So based on how recent people buy, how frequent they buy, and how much money they spend in your store, you can determine different types of behavior, right? And you have to plug these people in different types of groups because not all the customers are created the same. The coolest part about RFM segmentation is not just that you're segmenting them and putting a name like VIP, soulmates, love of my life, side things and stuff like that. The coolest part about this, and this is the nitty-gritty of it, is the RFM analysis. So the recency, frequency, and monetary value analysis. So this concept came in the 50s. It's old and good and new and shiny for me right now. And this was used to do order mails. So people were were seeing different things in the catalog. They were sending a mail order, and they were just getting the product. So the way you apply this to e-commerce is to do an analysis on the number of purchases, the money they spend in those purchases and the last the purchase you know time. The analysis allows you to see anomalies and buying patterns. So it's very important to segment your customers based on how they buy from your brand and optimize the journey after. So the best use that you can do with your first party data is to understand the power of segmenting it And you create different segments of customers and then you can supercharge your email marketing and your advertising using a template for advertising and using those segments for email marketing to create different different experiences based on the type of customers that you uh, have. I speak about the algorithm segmentation a lot. I will share a link with you with the blog where I can. Ex- you'll see everything, you know, the science behind it. So I don't take too much, uh, you know, of the airtime right now. Because if I start talking about this, it's gonna be a long conversation. <laughs>
0: We'll make sure that the full article gets into the show notes so anyone who's curious can can dive into the details there. And Juliana, this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm going to do my best to summarize everything we talked about today. So the big takeaways for me are revenues a vanity metric, customer lifetime value should be the North Star for brands as we move into the era of retention and leave acquisition behind. Um, Figuring out the true acquisition cost and not just how much you're spending on ads is how you are going to make sure that you stay profitable and you're continuing and your business stays alive through this time period. It's all about emotional buying, not just discounting and ads. You need to actually be establishing a strong connection and a great customer experience with, with your buyers. Third-party cookies are being removed over time and we have a limited amount of time left before they're completely gone. So people need to be shifting their strategies. And the number one way to use first-party data is RFM segmentation. And I won't pretend I'm an expert on that. So I will make sure that that link gets into the show notes. And for our listeners, Juliana, where can they interact with you? LinkedIn, Twitter, where can people talk to you?
1: Okay. So they can find me on LinkedIn at Juliana Jackson. I'm pretty much active there. Practically live on LinkedIn, a lot of, you know, I, I'm paying them rent right now. And uh, I just recently created a Twitter account. I'm there at the CLV lady. And uh, if you want to talk to me and email me, you can email me at juliana.jackson at OmniConvert.com. Unless you want to sell me some Forex or Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> I'm already set up. I'm good. And uh, And that's it. But just to, just want to say that Alex, you have pointed everything that I talked to so well that I should have probably used what you said instead of <laughs> all the tangentials that I used. But yeah, thank you, thank you for that. The only thing I would add is that from 2021 onwards, you guys, brands—not you guys per se—but the brands should focus on optimizing their customer value and to try to adopt the customer value optimization methodology that can help create a great customer journey and maximize profits for all your channels. And obviously, this type of methodology, the customer value optimization methodology, is focusing on optimizing throughout the whole you know, customer's life cycle to improve the brand retention and loyalty and create customers for life. So you want to create customers for life so your business exists longer. So stop playing the short-term game, play the long-term game, and switch from you know from the acquisition mindset to the
0: customer-centric mindset. Love it. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. This was a wealth of knowledge on the topic of retention. And like I said, we will get all of the information that Juliana talked about into the show notes so that you guys can read it all in more detail. Thank you so much, Juliana.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tim and Alex. It was great.
0: That's been The Exchange, presented by Luke the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.